This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Spice Bags, where three opinionated ladies, Blanca, May and me, Dee, have a dish about food in Ireland from an international perspective. Welcome to Spice Bags Podcast. My name is Dee Laffin and I'm here with Blanca Valentia and Mei Chin. And we are the three co-hosts of Spice Bags Podcast. I just want to do a little intro because there might be some new listeners out there um, to us. Uh, we are three very sassy ladies who have a passion for all things food. Our Spice Bags Podcasts come in three flavours. Sometimes we do deep dives, which are comprehensive experiences explorations into a country's cuisine. We've done Brazil, Venezuela. Um, we also sometimes on other episodes, we do staple chats where is where the three of us really push the boundaries of our friendship while we dish up about a topic um, amongst ourselves. And we've done episodes like that on tea, on soup, on um, cookbooks, um, cookery schools. And then the third flavour that we come in is interviews. And that's interviews with individuals who who have been impactful in the Irish, uh, interna- international Irish scene, whether food or drink. Um, so we do come in different flavours ourselves as people, but also our podcast does. And we just wanted to give you a bit more information on that. So we hope that you enjoy all the different flavours of our episodes. And today we are doing an interview and we have Sevgi with us um, from a wine idea. Um, we're going to be speaking to Sevgi and tell you lots about her very soon. But um, I had to just, guys, I had to just kind of take it back for a second and mention that we were on Food on the Edge, which is a international chef symposium that was started by JP McMahon in Galway. And it was in Dublin for the first time this year. Um, it was kind of a bit of a, a weird one this time because with COVID restrictions, a lot of the international chefs outside of Europe couldn't fly in for us. So there was a lot of virtual chats. But we were actually speakers at the event. Um, we did a presentation on food and community and how it's a stepping stone to social gastronomy. Social gastronomy was the overall theme for the symposium. I always love attending Food on the Edge because it's so inspirational just to hear what chefs and people who work in the industry, it's not just chefs, are doing around the world, but how there's like a cohesiveness, like everyone's kind of thinking on the same wavelength. But to be, we were really, really honoured to be speakers this year. And I know I speak for Blanca and May, we just wanted to thank them, but also um, just, yeah, just to give it some recognition, guys. Isn't also it? give a shout out to Lois Capilla from the Dublin Inquirer who joined us on stage. Um, and Lois's reporting for the Dublin Inquirer has been so important, like, because we were talking about food and community. And so Lois will have, has had so much insights into how housing and transportation and, you know, other factors um, yeah. fit into this. And she's come across so many amazing community projects, as have we, in which we listed out while we were doing our presentation. Blanca, what was your highlight? Oh, I thought the best presentation was Mark Brand. He was um, absolutely That's amazing. That's because you fancied him. Yeah, totally. He's from Toronto and he was... Just putting that out there. He was all about food and community and food waste and he was so inspirational. But also, listeners, tonight is 
the Irish Food Writing Awards, and Spice Bags has been nominated Ooh. for Best Food Podcast. So we'll tell you uh, more about that in the next episode. But um, let's start and talk to Segvi. Let, yes. let us introduce Segvi Tuzel Canila. Well done. <laughs> this is a beautiful name. Um, Segvi is the founder and uh, owner of A Wine Idea. And if you haven't heard about A Wine Idea, you need to definitely get on her definitely. courses. She's an enologist, a wine educator. I would say you're one of the most accomplished um, women in wine in Ireland. And Segvi is from Turkey and married to an Irishman. Yet another spice bag in the mix. <laughs> I knew that there, because I was going to ask you, Sevgi, your name is amazing. Um, it, but is that Irish at the end? Yes, yeah, yeah. it is Irish uh, surname. Uh, so my husband is actually from uh, Galway, Connemara. Oh, so yeah. that's like a, ah. in, in Gaelic surname, yes. yeah? Cunila. Yeah. So Canali or Canili. Canili would be the English. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. It's lovely to have the mix of languages in your name it is, as well. Yes, it is definitely. I love the um, interaction between uh, different cultures. Uh, so, how, how do the Turkish find the Irish? Are they do they look at it and it's like <laughs> I can't pronounce them in the same way that it's probably the other same, the vice versa, the other way around. Yeah, sometimes I think pronouncing my uh, name and the surname is a bit difficult, but um, well, it's okay. <laughs> well, you're in the right room. Uh, to discuss uh, Irish husbands, I think. <laughs> I, I, I think that's another episode. Yeah, that's another episode. <laughs> the girls would love to chat to you about that another time. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you end up in Ireland uh, doing wine? Yeah, so I am uh, from Turkey originally um, and um, I've been living in Ireland almost for uh, four years. Um, so uh, I started my company Wine Idea in early 2019. So a wine idea is a wine centric business uh, specializes in wine tastings, education and also uh, consultations. So we would run virtual tastings and in-person tastings for private groups, public and also for or corporate clients. Amazing. Um, I was going to ask you, um, so I sort of jumped to the conclusion that growing up in Turkey, you would not have had a lot of exposure to wine. Um, is that true? Yeah, so even though uh, we would be having wine uh, occasionally, uh, while I'm growing up, uh, wine was still not uh, the biggest part of our uh, lives. But on the other side, there are uh, lots of wineries uh, in Turkey at the moment, especially for the last 20 years. Uh, specifically, there are uh, a lot more wineries comparing to the past. And I actually worked for a while as a winemaker. So there are some like native grape varieties that are not really found in other parts of the world. So uh, yeah, Turkish wines are great not really found yet in Ireland but uh, they will be exported to countries uh, a lot like UK Germany US so uh, yeah hopefully sometimes in the future we, we may have some uh, mm. Turkish ones in, in Ireland as well I had Turkish wine when I was in Istanbul last oh. year it was amazing <laughs> it really was it was really interesting to hear that because I never I had never experienced Turkish wine before and to hear that there is that like a lot actually in the country. Um, I, I was going to ask you how you got into wine. So you you were a winemaker. Did you, like at what age did you decide you wanted to 
get into to to study wine or or yeah. get into that industry? Um, yeah. So um, my wine journey started uh, while I was studying food engineering in uh, Denizli. It's a town in Turkey, so it's actually one of the wine growing uh, regions in Turkey. But um, I found myself more, I think, getting involved in uh, wine when I was looking for a job in wine industry in Turkey. So I was 24. Uh, that's the age that I uh, started to work as a winemaker in uh, a region called Trace. So it is not so far from Istanbul. Uh, so it's on the European side of Turkey. So I worked there for about two years as a winemaker. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I learned a lot and it was so much uh, fun uh, working. In, uh, in a winery and making actual uh, wine. So that's how I started. But uh, working there as a winemaker, I thought that I want to pursue my um, journey a little bit even further. So that's the time I decided to move to France, to Montpellier, uh, to do my uh, master's in analogy and viticulture. So I was in Montpellier for a while, then moved to Bordeaux. Then after that, for a uh, little bit of working uh, in Germany, I moved to Germany in Moselle. So I actually worked as well. Yeah. Wow. Moselle is one of my favorites. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> that's the time I think I developed my love for German Riesling. So I worked for a oh, while. Me too. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. So Moselle is definitely oh. beautiful looking, uh, very nice scenery as well. It's yeah. really nice, but also amazing wine. So and after I did my second year in Geisenheim, um, maybe you guys heard about uh, Hochschule Geisenheim University. It's actually one of the most uh, famous wine schools in the world. So I uh, completed my master's there. Amazing. Oh, okay. Then uh, I moved to Ireland. <laughs> and okay, how so, did, how did because, that happen? Yeah, <laughs> because obviously you go from from Turkey to France Bordeaux, to Bordeaux to to Germany yeah. and then Ireland for the rich the <laughs> rich wine, wine country that we have over here. Um, yeah, my boyfriend at the time, who's my current husband, he's from uh, Ireland. So and also I was. Um, and the moment that I was deciding to write uh, my uh, thesis, I was, uh, you know, looking for something a bit different because I was more in the winemaking side and viticulture. So I said, why not to do my thesis uh, around the wine business? Uh, so plus uh, my boyfriend was from Ireland. So we decided uh, to move to Galway together. Uh, was he living? He was he, living in Germany. Was, and... No, no, he was living in Cork, actually. But oh. How did you meet him? <laughs> yeah, how did you uh, meet? Yeah, we met uh, while I... I am in Turkey still oh, okay. uh, making wine and we oh. met actually during traveling. So then nice. we were long distance uh, for, for a while. Wow. Um, yeah, get to visit different cities and meet up. And then, yeah, finally decided to move to um, Ireland. Um, it's a very James Bond relationship, except for the yes. fact that it ends in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure James Bond could have ended up here. I mean, it may not have been his like first choice, but in to yeah. sail off into the sunset off Galway coast or something. Yeah, but yeah, why not? Yeah. In Spice Bags, we always talk about the transition for people like May and I to Ireland. And we find that there's so many different stories. Some people find it very easy. Some people find it harder. How did you find it? Yeah, I think for me, as I think I traveled a 
lot during my studies and for work reasons like I lived in the UK, Hungary, Germany, Turkey, France. So Ireland was just not so difficult because I was already, I think, used to uh, adapt to where I live a bit quicker um, because of, I think, traveling in the past. Uh, and also, like, I think uh, Irish people are very welcoming and very friendly. So it wasn't too difficult uh, to uh, adapt living um, in Ireland. Um, on the other side from the wine point uh like when i first moved i didn't know any people really working in wine business so uh what i did basically i just put myself out there try to make you know connections friendships so uh just networking i think that really helped me out um mm. during the the time when i'm getting to um adapt here your English is amazing as well. Can I just say, like, oh, I mean, I'm you. sure you had no trouble in selling. Some people find it's a language barrier, but you obviously didn't have that. Did you, when you studied in France and Germany, was it all through English? Or? Yes, it was yeah. all through English. Yeah, that was um, English um, language uh, masters. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back to Turkey for just oh, one course. moment. I'm, I love um, this is always my typical question. I'd love for you to talk about um, your childhood and if you loved food and who in your life is the best cook and what are some of your favorite dishes? Okay, I think my list for favorite dishes uh, is very long. Um, <laughs> but I would say um, dolma would be at mm, the top of mm. my list. So for those who may not know dolma, um, dolma is like a stuffed uh, vegetables that could be mainly uh, green peppers or aubergines, sometimes even uh, stuffed zucchinis and also the, the the wine leaves so that's I think uh, all times my favorite so anytime I'm going back home my mom would ask me is there anything that uh, you know I cook for you I say uh, no need to ask of course dolma so dolma also can come in two versions like one is vegetarian that you eat like a meze it's cold mm-hmm. uh, but also you can make it with minced beef so it's like a main dish and you eat it hot so I, I love dolma but there are a few other things that I really like uh, from Turkish cuisine would be like pide and lahmacun so they're like uh, very similar to each other minced beef uh, with some other vegetables on a flat bread um, what else uh, mantı it's another one that's like very tiny little uh, dumplings that is filled with um, minced beef um, yeah so a few salads you know like lentil patties we call it uh, as mercimek köftesi that's uh, I really like it as well it's like there's lots of vegetarian food seafood as well uh, because I think sometimes it may come across like Turkish cuisine uh, pretty much uh, associated with meat dishes or Mm. kebabs but uh, other than that I think we have lots of seafood and Mm. uh, lots of uh, vegetarian dishes as well and when you were growing up, was your mum, she was your, the cook? Yes, in the house, yeah, yeah, that would help cleaning up, but <laughs> he wasn't really involved, I think, with <laughs> cooking. So mom was uh, uh, cooking uh, all the food. But also two of my, uh, both of my grandmas, uh, I think they have so much impact uh, on me personally uh, from the, the, the cooking uh, point of view. So they had their own specialties. So one of them was more about, uh, pastry so that was her specialty she would make loads of different types of um, pastries and the other one she is um 
pretty much about pot dishes and more the traditional cuisine so i love cooking i always feel like uh they had really so much impact like i learned a lot from both of them even my mom says that uh, i got my cooking skills well i'm just a home cook uh, <laughs> but i love cooking turkish food so mom says that i got those skills from two of my uh grand grandmas <laughs> that's so nice I wanted to ask you a question about being a woman in, I'm sorry, May, I'm taking taking it back taking from it food back. to, I'm fascinated by the wine world because I don't know anything about wine. I'm trying to learn a little bit. Uh, my dad says that being a Spaniard that doesn't know about wine, it's like being a one-legged person. So he's very mad at me that I'm not a wine person. But well, you're, you're studying, I'm right? studying. You I'm are. doing WSET2 which I'm finding it a little bit challenging because I'm not a huge wine drinker. But I've, to me, the wine world always has looked like very exclusive, all these handsome, glamorous men wearing suits and wow, like with grease back hair and like pink shirts in La Rioja yes. and all this. So I've always been a little bit intimidated by it, mm. to be honest, just like, ooh. And then also when people talk about the, the smelling wines and tasting them, they're like, it smells like flowers and this. And I'm like, ooh. So, so I find it a little mm. bit, you know, inaccessible. And then, especially in Spain as a woman, I felt like so many of the wineries were run by men. But then in Ireland, it seems like it's a very vibrant female community. So tell us a little bit about being a female in the wine industry here. Yeah, I actually love being a woman uh, working in wine industry in Ireland. I think we are so lucky because I feel like the wine industry in Ireland is more dominated by women. Uh, I don't know, I might be wrong, but it at no, least... No, I think you're right. I mean, a lot of the... I know a lot of female sommeliers here. Mm. I like yourself, uh, consultants and people Masters, who have their mm. own uh, businesses, um, and even within the wine distribution companies or importers or things like that. There's a lot of women as well. So yeah, there's definitely a, a good community. Yeah, here. and also mm. there's great sport. You know, like uh, we are all sporting each other. We are meeting regularly and you know discussing what we are doing, what else we can do. So I think um yeah, the friendship is uh definitely there and sport is as well. Um, tell us a little bit about the the women's network in wine because if there's any listeners yeah. who want to get into wine I think these networks are so important and we discussed this in the food and community uh, panel at food on the edge that sometimes when you want a network you don't you need that network mm. and it seems like Lynn Coyle, who's a master of wine from O'Brien's, has set this up. Tell us a little bit about that organization. Yeah, I'm also part of Wine Sprit uh, Woman. Uh, so um, it's it's an organization uh, bringing together all the uh, women in wine industry in Ireland. Um, so like I met loads of people through. So it's, it's amazing for uh, networking and meeting different people. So then you can, you know, become friends, go for a glass of wine. <laughs> so I met loads of, I think, uh, people through the network. But also on the other side, um, putting yourself out there, you know, it's very important. Like for someone who doesn't work in the wine industry or maybe just newly moved to Ireland, doesn't know anybody, I would highly suggest put yourself there, like try to make personal connections because uh, those connections uh, became friendship and friendship became more larger. Like, for example, I would be meeting one to one. We said, okay, shall we invite uh, this person as well? So now we have a very large friend uh, group uh, all in wine. And uh, it is so nice to have that, in my opinion. Mm, I think it's really important. And I do feel one of the things we brought up at 
the Food and the Edge panel, as you've mentioned, Blanca, is that there isn't really a similar network for women in Ireland in food. Um, now I know there's different networks for some more niche within mm. the industry, but um, and I know, like, say, for example, Chefs Network would do a lot with women in the industry or there's the Irish Food Writers Guild, which has a lot of women or different. And there's a women in business network. But I think do think that having a network you know, where we can connect people who are in the industry or want to get into food or whether it's producer or media or, you know, any level, any person, any background, basically. But the connection yeah. is the I found the that hard unit. that it, there wasn't like there, there is there was one in Chicago, but there wasn't one here. So I, I, I would love to have that. I think this is something we keep on discussing. But yeah. Um, and, and then another thing, Segby, tell us a little bit about like for people who want like me who are wanting to learn about wine what would be your like three top tips of getting into wine or like <laughs> learning about wine yeah I think like when you're let's say in a wine shop or you're in a restaurant I would highly uh, suggest that asking for help uh, you know like if you don't know what you're gonna order or what you're gonna buy uh, that's like the people working in restaurants and wine shops are definitely there for you for help so you can just ask what type of wines that you enjoy like you don't have to say white red you don't have to be team white red you can love both you can maybe buy or order either uh, but you can say the kind of flavors that you like or uh, like type of wine that you like so those people are gonna definitely help uh, for you to pick the wine and for that maybe the independent wine shops would be a bit more uh, easier to mm -hmm. have somebody mm -hmm. there for you um, so that would be my um, we've just hit the nail on the head there in terms of it's asking for help isn't it and I think Blanca that's going back to what you were saying about people finding wine intimidating that they're too scared to actually ask it is and, very and it, so it's better it's better and they don't want to I think there's this fear of sounding stupid yes. or fear of yeah. like in a restaurant if there's a waiter there a lot of people are just like oh I'll just take the house wine or whatever, whatever because, <laughs> because you know because because it, it's there's a fear of like and I don't know if it's maybe in the past, I'm going to say in the past, wine was presented in a more kind of condescending way, like in that, a oh, don't you know that this wine is amazing mm. kind of thing. Whereas now I find all the people I know who work in wine, men or women, um, whether it's maitre d's or sommeliers or just people I know who just love wine, it's presented in a much more accessible way. But I think still, those barriers have been broken down. There also, is a snobbiness to wine. It's still intimidating. And it's also, I've been thinking about the, the, the language barrier. Once again, like language yes. is a big barrier. So even if you speak languages, when you're confronted with a menu and it has a German <laughs> and it's really a, like a really long word and you're like, oh, I know that wine. And you're like with your friends or with your in-laws or whatever. And you want to order it and you're like embarrassed. So there's a lot of little places where you could trip over in ordering wine but which all you have to yeah. do is ask yeah, yeah. and so it's that's better, the yeah. thing of like not being afraid would you yeah. agree Sam? yeah definitely like you don't have to actually say uh can i get the sauvignon blanc or riesling or gerish terminar you can simply say uh just an example like yeah. oh i like light bodies white wines maybe you know very aromatic uh 
kind of features yeah. or you can say I really like more acidic wines yeah. or I don't like any oak aging. What would you suggest? So let them come to suggest it so you don't actually pronounce the or you don't have to say the varieties, you know, you don't yeah. have to just stop, describe the yeah, flavors. You don't yeah. have to do that. But if you kind of figure out what are the flavors that you enjoy or what are the kind of um, like you know, some mm. wines will be more tannic, less tannic, more yeah. acidic, or you don't like sweeter wines, you like more dry wines. If you actually figure out what type of uh, things that you enjoy in wine, so you can ask the person, I like this type of wine or I hate this type of wine. Yeah. What would you suggest? So let them come mm. to you, say, we have this uh, Riesling here, we have this Merlot here. Mm-hmm. What would you think? Um, the so. other problem is some people just don't know what they like in wine. You know, that sort of way. <laughs> and then when you bring food into the mix. So I think people think that you have to know what wine is going to go with the food you're eating as opposed to just having a wine, which obviously we know that there is validity to wine and food pairing. But sometimes you should just drink the wine you want with whatever you're eating. Mm. You don't have to worry about pairing. Is that true? No, I think like, um, like, there are a few things about the food I'm food and wine pairing, like few little rules, but um outside of that it's very personal you know like I don't like the same food that you like I don't like the same food wine that you may like so we are different our preferences are different so for that reason when it comes to food and wine pairing that also is very very personal so Mm. you don't have to be uh, stuck in a box you know you have to only have this with that I say you can push your boundaries try different wines uh, with different food I guess also Sefke I mean I'd love to t- for you to talk a little bit more about a wine idea, right? Like where that comes from, like where you stand in a wine idea, because I feel like all these things that you're saying is in certain ways like incorporated in a wine idea. Yeah, so a wine idea actually started a lot uh, earlier than uh, 2019. So it was kind of like a little blog that I would be sharing some, uh, you know, my visits to do wineries, things from my studies. So it was just something very informal. Uh, and then uh, when I decided uh, that I want to have uh, a wine idea as a company, it, the, the name was already there. Uh, so. Um, yeah, so I love uh, organizing tastings and help people to learn wine in a very, very uh, friendly and very relaxed way. Um, well, that's 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 really yeah. Good. And actually, this perfect uh, time to just take a minute. Um, I want to tell you about another uh, podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network, which we are a part of. It's called the Cine Stream Club. This sounds like Ooh, our kind of podcast, guys. Um, it's a film podcast where Trevor Brown and regular Cine Streamers, movies. yes, it's a thing, uh, Edwin <laughs> Salmon and Andrea Farrell, they watch movies that mean a lot to people and put them to the test to see if they deserve a place in the coveted Cine Stream vault. I love the idea of this show. Um, it's They're talking about classic movies. They're trying to, it's almost like a film club. Yeah. I absolutely love it. So you got to check that out. That's the Cine Stream Club and that is on the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm super excited about that. Definitely. <laughs> so going back to to wine. So basically what you do is help people like me get comfortable into this environment. So people listeners, there's 
help if you feel sometimes overwhelmed. I just find because you're sharing the wine, sometimes I find myself in situations where people dominate the wine and they order something and you're like, there is no way I can have 20 bottles of wine or there is no way I can have that sherry wine with this meal. So I find it's there's like a little bit of conflict sometimes. Like I don't find it obviously with really close friends, but with people that maybe you're not as close. That but also, like, yeah. like I guess, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Blanca, but like again, like what sort of with a wine idea, right? So how are you making wine friendly? I guess like for me, that's yeah. when I was, when I was reading about you, I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> what's your secret? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's my secret? So that's basically... um. What I'm trying to do here, uh, getting rid of those uh, serious uh, terminology and then overwhelming, uh, you know, uh, terms that people can get overwhelmed with. So uh, I say, put your ass up there and then you can pick any wine you like. You don't have to be knowing the variety, you know, just pick that bottle of wine, see if you like or not. Uh, and then if you don't like it, that's also good. Now mm. you know you don't like yeah. that style of a wine or you loved it, then you found uh, something new. It's like, it's all about, I think, uh, figuring out, uh, discovering your own, uh, you know, little um, uh, germs there. Uh, so it's nice to, I think, have uh, something that you found. Like people will be asking often, uh, what is my favorite wine? Which I don't really have much of a, a That's favorite That's like the worst wine. question to ask uh, an expert. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I used to get asked, what's your favorite restaurant or what's your favorite yeah. food or yeah. something? It's like, oh, come on, guys, can't pick. Yeah, like it, it could be like depending on the occasion, d- depending on my budget, depending who mm-hmm. I am having it with. So I don't have a favorite wine, but even... Let's say I have one favorite wine. It could it couldn't be anybody else's maybe favorite wine. So I think it's all about what is your preferences, what is your uh, own uh, favorites. Would you agree as well? I think if you're intimidated, and Blanca, it's kind of what you were saying. I think actually ordering wine can be the awkward moment in a dinner sometimes when you're in a group. It's like that. Oh, what we order? Who's drinking what? Who's mm. not drinking? how to split that, all those sort of things. And then also if one person's like, I got this, guys. And you're like, oh, great. What, they gonna, what are they going to But not only the cost, but also the kind of oh, what are they going to order? Because I'm not even really sure what I like. And, you know, it can be very that awkward moment. I I think a really good like thing is to to just if you're like taste at home, you know, that sort of way, like there's great offers in supermarkets now or independent wine shops. Like the standard is really good that you can get. And there's a lot of information when you go into. I find I, I love that they put the little um blurb, the little summary in supermarkets, uh, like every supermarket, even whether it's Lidl or Aldi or any of those would have a kind of a wine expert or someone mm-hmm. who they say have chosen wines. And in the magazines, it kind of says, oh, this wine is like this or this. And you kind of go like I love Riesling or you know, I love a dry white as well. So I kind of look for ones like that if I'm not sure of the name. Mm-hmm. So then if I'm going out, OK, you may not see that particular wine, but you might see the grape variety. You might recognize that and go, I wonder, are they the same to the one I had at home? Would you say like that's yeah. a good Yeah, definitely. There's to... also a very nice app maybe you guys uh, heard about. It's Vivino. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's <laughs> So it's also, I find it very helpful. Like you look at a label, uh, it doesn't really, uh, you know, tell you anything about 
like what type of wine is it what is the variety so you can just take a picture of it like scan the label and it just like at least gives you a little bit of idea if you don't have any of those uh, information, information written yeah. uh, on the bottle so you can kind of get a little bit a little bit of um, an idea um, about the wine with that app do you have any other wine shopping tips well, uh, of course, I think the, the, the budget is a big, um, like very important point because if you have different budget, then you're talking about a little bit different wine. So budget is important. And also the occasion is very important. Like who you having it with? Is it like you're buying this wine to consume with a large group? Maybe you're organizing a picnic, which I wouldn't really go something very fancy or, you know, something uh, very special because you're in a very large group. The wine will be forgetting there a bit or versus maybe you're having it with, you know, very close friends of yours uh, or like, you know, you want to talk about the wines because wine is also a nice uh, way to uh, communicate, talk about it. I'm just going to ask a controversial question. Please. Who makes um, better wine tasters, women or men? Oh Ooh. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to step out of the room. Oh, that's a very difficult question. Well, I don't know if it's true, but I heard, I think, women. Obviously. Uh, they have, <laughs> you know, like a better uh, sensitivity sensitivity for flavors and aromas. So uh, I feel that might be true. <laughs> well, Ireland does have a lot of masters of wine. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that yeah. is true. Um, can I ask you a little bit, just a, another kind of wine question? Um, there seems to be a... Am I right in saying almost like a new wave of wines was natural wine? Of course, yeah. So like uh, personally, uh, for me, the most important thing in wine is that it needs to taste nice, yeah. that I like it. Yeah. So I don't really shop uh, wines that are because organic, because natural or because mm. it's biodynamic. Okay. So the most important for me is that I like the taste of the wine. I like it. I enjoy drinking this wine. Yeah. But on top of that, if the wine is organic, biodynamic, natural, no sulfites, if they're plus on top of that, I'm like, oh, that's even better. But sometimes, uh, you know, if you just go for a wine that is because it's natural or it's because popular or it's because it's organic you may also end up not enjoying that yeah. wine so I think for me that's very personal mm -hmm. I like it's it's very I think uh, popular at the moment like natural wine movements yeah. natural wine shops but some of those wines are still bad and some of those wines are still good or some of those wines you still mm -hmm. like some of those wines you still don't like so it again comes down to this very simple question do I like it or do I not like it so for me, really important. I enjoy this wine. It's at the end of the day, it's an alcoholic drink that I want to enjoy my wine. But if it's plus natural, plus organic, you know, like sustainable, so that's uh, even uh, better. <laughs> so this is not going to be a what is your favorite wine question, but what was the last wonderful thing that you ate and what is the last wonderful thing that you drank? Yeah, so I actually recently had this uh, Greek wine. Um, uh, it was from Samos, the island, the Greek islands, and then it was Muscat Blanc. Uh, it's a white wine, so it was very nice. I personally, I think, really like uh, white wines that are very aromatic, uh, like aromatic varieties like Muscat, Riesling, Gerstraminer, so they would be like uh, known as the aromatic varieties. So I had this uh, particular wine um, 
I think it was last week, so I really, really uh, enjoyed it. And then the food-wise, I was recently actually in Turkey. I'm taking you back to no. Turkey now again. <laughs> so I was this very nice restaurant in Bodrum. Actually, I never heard the term before, uh, defining a restaurant with this term. It said it's a Mediterranean restaurant. Mediterranean. Oh, yes. I like Mediterranean. So it was up. kind of like combining Mediterranean cuisine with the Asian cuisine. Yeah. It was so You heard much it here fun. first, folks. <laughs> Mediterranean. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I never heard this term before. But like I had some really, really interesting food that I never thought or had before so for example there was this kimchi watermelon so watermelon oh. would be like a big uh you know type of a um, fruit in turkey versus kimchi is you know more asian so it was watermelon kimchi that combining wow. two flavors together so that was very interesting and then uh we had those uh zucchinis with parmigiano reggiano and some truffles uh so it was actually one of the you know, most delicious food. It was really, wow. really nice. And then there was this tiramisu. When it uh, arrived at the table, I thought, oh, I thought we ordered tiramisu because it just looked like a tin of... Um, Tin of uh, what's that called? Uh, uh, oh. ca- caviar. 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 Oh, caviar. Oh, caviar. Oh. Sorry. Yeah. So it just looked like it, uh, but it was a tiramisu. So it was very, very interesting. Oh. It was very delicious. Uh, so I, I still remember. Um, Could you share the name of the restaurant? Yeah, it was Shakelin. Yeah, Shakelin. Mm-hmm. I think they are also in Moscow. Oh, uh, wow. Like few wow. in different parts of maybe Russia as well. So I think the sh- some of the chefs uh, chefs are from Russia. So that's Hence the tiramisu that looks like caviar. Yeah. <laughs> and while we're on the topic of restaurants, do you have any favorite restaurants to go to in Dublin or and also with Turkish cuisine? Have you been to Didi in Baltimore, for example, or Reina on Dame Street? Just yeah. your thoughts on restaurants. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Dede in Baltimore, Ahmed is uh, just, oh, I'm amazing. so proud of him. You know, it's like, it's the only Turkish chef really in the world uh, from Turkey. And uh, he's cooking, you know, with Turkish flavors in a Michelin star restaurant. So it is, I think, something I really, really um feel proud uh, of him so uh, I've been there uh, I think it was one of the really most amazing uh, experience everything was like a flavor bomb you know it's like s- sometimes it doesn't matter so much what flavor combination but if there is I think a depth of flavor mm-hmm. uh, like you know if it's like all combining different flavors creating this flavor bomb so this is I think so um, amazing so I found in his restaurant all the food Research was just packed with um, flavors, and I've been to Reina as well. That's a nice. Uh, it's more about uh, kebabs, so yes. it's nice. I I really like. They also I think do some of different uh, rather than kebab. I think they do like ichli uh, kofta. It's called. Mm. It's like bulgur, um, uh, bulgur bowl kind of. And inside is filled with minced beef and mm. some vegetables, parsley and walnuts. So I think they do that as well. Uh, so 
I hope there are more yeah. Turkish uh, restaurants uh, in Dublin, in Ireland in the future. But uh, I think we are very uh, lucky to have some of the uh, good cooks, good yeah. chefs uh, in in Ireland. Uh, I love wine bars as well in Ireland a yes. lot. I love going, you know, uh, different uh, wine bars. So Piglet wine bars, uh, for mm. example, it's very nice. It's I a favorite. I used to live across the street from Piglet. So she used to live mail. in Piglet. I do live in Wigan. They used to call it the off, like my office, oh, and like I'd have so my nice. little extension. Yeah. From used my, like, to, laptop. still do. Still do. Yeah. She, she, she would say, "Can you eat? Can you mail? Like if I said I want to mail this to you, she'd yeah. be like, mail it to Piglet.'" <laughs> but the guys are great there. Yeah, yeah amazing. Yeah, and so um, nice. yeah, and what other any other wine bars of note that you've been to lately? New ones. There seems to be new wine bars opening up all oh, the time in I Ireland. Think there's isn't one there? I haven't been, but I just heard. I think a few weeks, or maybe it could be just last week. Note. I heard that. Yes. Yeah, I have a I mean, just saw it. Yeah. It's on my list uh, that I want to go and see. How is it? Um, let's well, make a list, ladies, yeah. and let's <laughs> check it off over the next oh, <laughs> few months. <laughs> you can take us on a tour of Irish uh, wine bars. Yeah. It's funny, yeah. just talking about wine bars, how it feels much more comfortable ordering there. I go to uh, Grapevine in Docky and I have some like... Uh, charcuterie boards and I love ordering there I don't feel intimidated at all to me what's intimidating is the the fancy restaurant you know the white tablecloth and oh somebody comes over but in the wine bar I find there it's so approachable Mm -hmm. the wine yeah I love wine bars too hi I um just want to take some time out because we at Spice Bags are very lucky to be part of the head stuff network um Headstuff is Ireland's largest podcast network, um, and you can find a little bit of everything, books, gossip, movies, um, politics, and uh, and the main thing is, is that it actually depends on your support, and that's for five euros a month. And when you're supporting Headstuff, and hopefully us, um, you are also enabling this podcast culture to continue. So please visit headstuffpodcast.com. Amazing. Well, um, I think we uh, have thoroughly explored uh, wine with you, Sevgi. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Um, I think what I'd love to ask you, if you don't mind, on final thoughts are uh, we have a website, spicebags.ie, and we do shopping guides, actually, uh, international shopping guides. But we also must do a wine shopping guide and we must do that with you. So Of course, we'll, yeah, we'll that would be my pleasure. A wine one. A yeah. wine one. Oh, that yeah. would be great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and, I love that. and for international, you know, maybe if there's anywhere to get Turkish wines in Ireland I don't know if there are yet but as you said hopefully soon hopefully soon not yeah. at the moment not at the moment yeah. but maybe some of your favourite places to go for yeah. wine because when I loved hearing you talk about different wine bars and I'd say you've got great insight on what which wine bars are good for different occasions and things like that so yeah, we'll have yeah. to do that with that. you yeah but um, thank you so much for coming in to us today thank you thanks for having mm-hmm. me thank you yeah. it's been so <laughs> nice to so speak much. to you and um uh, if for everybody listening, please look up a wine idea on Instagram or online and connect with Sevgi. I'm sure, Sevgi, if you've got 
you always get questions, I'm sure, from people if they yeah, have any questions course. about like wine. Yeah, of course. Any questions, you can just send me an email or pop me a message on Instagram. So I would be more than happy to just uh, reply any any questions you guys have about wine. Brilliant. Yeah. And it's been really nice to do a wine episode. We normally yeah. do a lot about food, but we fit some food in there too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm always just, I'm bringing it always back to food. But yeah, it was so interesting listening to yeah, you talk about you. wine. Thank Absolutely. And make sure and check out um, our Instagram, uh, Twitter or Facebook as well. We're at Spice Bags Pod on those three channels. And thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.